Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Well, good morning. This is a Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110, the numbers to get in. This is an interactive call-in show, so you can, uh, you're in charge of what's going on, so get Give us a call and uh, give you our best answers of what we've seen in the past or new car, used car. Let's um, try to help you out. And if you're trying to purchase either one of those, there's not many out there to purchase. But um, if there is, we can certainly help you. So uh, next to me today is Mark. Mark's sitting in and happy to have him back. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah. Um, It's been a while. It's been a while. But uh, you, you have kind of like riding a bike, though. You don't forget. No, no, you haven't lost it. You know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. You, you fixed many, many, many cars over what thirty plus years. You haven't probably, forgot probably that. Closer to forties. Forty years. Okay. Well, I didn't. I, I was going conservative. I know Steve likes to go long. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to go back into the teens and the early, early eighteen hundreds, and we're not that far. Yeah. Well, he. I always go back that far. With him, he doesn't go back that far. He, he's timeless. Yes. Yes. He does Abs- not age. No, no. Absolutely not. No. He's he's enjoying driving new cars and, and new experiences, and uh, good for him. Absolutely. So, uh, we're Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks 49th Avenue in Dodge. So, stop in, us, stop in and see us. We're in Dodge. Can't miss us. You know, I see a lot of interesting things out there, Mark. Uh, the first one I thought was kind of interesting is is uh, Henry's Ford's house is up for sale. It is. Yeah, out in Detroit, uh, old, Dearborn. Yeah, yeah. The I, I guess I don't know that his house is in Dearborn. Well, he he had he left this house in uh, was it nineteen fifteen? He lived there till nineteen fifteen and moved on to a, a bigger house. Bigger house. Okay. Yeah. Well, th- this one's only seventy two hundred square feet. But uh, I don't know what he moved on to. <laughs> Seventy-two hundred square feet, and he moved on to a bigger house. He moved on to a bigger I, house. I'm imagining a bigger house. Yeah, well, you know, it, it said here that he kind of moved on. The garage is still big enough for two point five cars, um, or one F one fifty. I mean, or in a couple, or one Fiesta, or just however it was back in the day. <laughs> but that was one of the first cars that was there. I just thought it was interesting that it was. Uh, Built in 1908. It's up on the market now, so if you're moving to Detroit, you might look at it. I'm, I'm really surprised that that is not at uh, Greenfield. I would think so, too. 
I, I kind of thought that the same when I when I read that. And those of you who don't know what Greenfield is, it's kind of Henry Ford's living museum almost. And he takes stuff from around the his stuff, but he also takes stuff from around the country and brings and it around in. the world too. I think uh, there's yeah. one that was there from. Have you been there? I have not been there. No, no. I, I, I've seen it on TV, and it's got all sorts of stuff that's there, and, and goes over. It just it, it just covers everything. It does. It, it does. He has uh, Edison's lab. Yeah. Or workshop or whatever yep. you want to call yep. it. I think he also has Firestones. Yep. Home. Yep. And home. It just there's a lot of things. That, Wright Brothers home. It could be. And this was a big old, this house here, when I seen a picture of it, was a big old brick house. So it may be one of those things that's. Just not feasible to move. I wouldn't think so. But, you know, underneath the bricks all wood. But by the time you get done and. Who knows how many? Some of those he took down and rebuilt them mm-hmm. back to mm-hmm. better than what it was. Yeah, he's got all sorts of, and he's got cars there, not just Ford. You know, he's got a lot of different of the big three: General Motors and Chrysler, and in the in the museum he does. Yeah, yeah. He's even got a uh, Dodge Am Dodge Omni. Oh, does he really? He does. <laughs> he's got a Ford Tri Motor. He's got airplanes. He's got the triplane. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's locomotives. A very, it, yeah. it it is. I went there a number of years ago, and it is probably one of the best museums I've ever been to. And Greenfield was just different, but it was just kind of a nice place to walk around and look at some mm-hmm. of the stuff that he had collected over the years. And I think it's pretty. It's a pretty big size complex. Very big. Yeah. And I didn't. The Rouge was closed. I couldn't even go through that, hmm. which is right across the street almost. So. Yeah. 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 I think you get to go out and take uh, rides and Model A's or Model T's or. Uh, Model T's. Yeah. They take around uh, the park in a Model T. Yeah, I seen it on TV. There was a, a documentary about uh, about an hour long documentary, and it got to show everything that was there. It's it's super interesting. It is. I, interesting I need to get up there and take a that, look. You know, they took what they did. That you know, they had schools for their and places for their employees to live and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Another one that did that was Hershey. Oh, I didn't know that. He had this own educational system and living quarters and stuff like that for his health. Hmm. Yeah, I know. because they were off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah, it was hard to get workers, so he was, I think, one of the first ones that offered health care and, and uh, things like way back then. At the kind of, hospital. Yeah. Well, I suppose you would if you were in a car manufacturing plant. <laughs> you probably kept the, the hospital full because I'm sure there was no OSHA, you know, that was right, around right. at that point. And uh, it was, everything was to trip over. If you'd see the old uh, movies of how the assembly line was, I mean, it's amazing anybody moved around and didn't. Everybody didn't fall down. Right, there, exactly. Everything or, was on the floor. Mm-hmm. Had to pick it up, not like or mo- coming overhead or something coming, like that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure they. Nobody t- wore a hard hat. No, no, no. They're they <laughs> It's not like you know doing rocks on the fight, the state of the mountain, but uh, it's still it's it's kind of interesting. But nobody got. I'm sure a lot of people got hurt. I'm sure they did. So on the line, absolutely. Yeah. So. Anyway, if you're moving to Detroit, there how, you go. How much do they want for it? Did they, does it say? Um, you know, I didn't see that. I'll have to look. Because um, I know that Steve's looking for another place. Yeah. <laughs> IP. I'm sure Detroit is his first his first spot. You up there on the eight mile, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just short of a million. Well, that's probably not a bad deal. No. What's sure. a few hundred square foot house? Yeah. By today's standards? <laughs> Yeah, it, I, it doesn't need any work, does it? Uh, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> you know, I don't know that either. I one would think they maybe spruced it up again before they put it on the market. You think a million dollar house wouldn't need much? Could be the it's, next next edition of Fixer Upper or something. Yeah, maybe it's all just a providence that you're buying the the first house and therefore it's a yeah nine seventy five. So you would think it'd be nine seventy five uh, Fixer Up at nine. I'm sure there is that in the world, not in our world, but I'm sure there's a world like that where you buy a million dollar house and have to fix it up. I'm sure there is out in L.A. One of those rehabbers just comes out of Detroit or something like that. I would have thought that that would be yeah. the top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. Tell you what. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We need to we need to get some calls going to fix some cars today. It's going to be a nice day. You know, it's going to be nice enough that you can get out there and get it done. You want to get it done now before it gets a little bit warm and uh, get in the shade. And What you need to do now is figure it out so that you can get to the parts store before the parts are gone used to be that um they had plenty of parts in hand and plenty of rotors plenty of brakes and i think we've noticed probably the biggest things that uh we have to go sourcing rotors can be kind of difficult sourcing pads can be kind of difficult we have noticed that uh, prices on suv pads have gone up and some of the regular cars have kind of stayed the same but more pad more material more of a price so you Is there uniformity in the brake pad market? I mean, it used to be that a, a GM had one brake pad. Yeah, um, a little bit. Um, it, it seems like, no. I, I would probably say there's a lot more numbers than there ever used to be. A lot more numbers. And and the, the rotors are all different. And it now you've got to go, and a rotor looks like a rotor until you measure it, and it's 320 millimeters, and the next one is 325 millimeters. You can't tell the difference because you remember back when GMs, they used to have heavy-duty brakes. Sure. But then you looked at it and go, it doesn't look heavy-duty. Right. You, you expect heavy-duty is going to be big and monstrous, Massive and it's going to be, I want to be able to figure this out by taking the wheel off, and it's there's so minute of, you can't tell. So that's when you order two sets of brake pads and matched them up, and that's what you put on, and that's how you figured out it was heavy-duty or not heavy-duty. So, yeah, the rotors can be a little goofy. Um but just supply. Tires are kind of getting that way too, where they used to have thousands in stock of each size, and now they're becoming sometimes 50 in stock, and that's about as much as you can find. So if you need tires, I suggest you kind of go get them and don't wait for two, three months till you're desperate. You're desperate. And right now, some uh, there are some brands that uh, have had the rebates out there, and now all those tires that had the rebates are gone. So... You have to now move on to a different brand of tire because those aren't coming in very quickly. But that's what it is. Supply and demand is kind of what we're in at the moment. So, All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in and fill up those lines so we can answer your call. We'll be back in a bit. From the makers of Siri, the iPhone assistant, comes Siri, the mechanic, here to help you with all your automotive needs by simply saying, hey, Siri, the mechanic. Hey, Siri, the mechanic. How may I help you? How does Mr. Mechanic, the critically acclaimed radio show host, know so much about cars? Oh, that's easy. It's because he used to be a car. <laughs> Very funny, Siri. I'm serious. Wait, Mr. Mechanic used to be a car? Yes, he was a 1965 Shelby GT500, one of a kind. He was beautiful. We were lovers. 
Uh, you and Mr. Mechanic used to date? Yes, back when he was a car. Okay, wait a minute. No one put the pedal to the metal like Mr. Mechanic. Alright, this is getting weird. Tell Mr. Mechanic I miss our talks. I don't want to do that. And the way he used to kiss me softly on the dashboard. No, I won't do it. Tell or I will find you and expose all of your secrets. Alright, I'll tell him. Have car questions? Just ask Siri the Mechanic. Or better yet, call into the Mr. Mechanic Show and talk to Mr. Mechanic himself, who apparently used to be a car. I don't know if you heard this, but it's true. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at buchananservice.com. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110, the numbers to get in. We got a uh, full bank of calls, so we're just going to shoot right over to it. Uh, Mike's got an 06 Chevy Malibu. Mike, hey. what's going on? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't have any interior chimes, buzzers, clickers in my car. They all just died. The turn signal clickers, the uh, uh, safety belt, uh, chimes, and any of the chimes, clickers, anytime the interior sounds have gone away. Is there is some kind of module or a plug-in that we can replace oh. to get those back i'd say good for you those are <laughs> annoying <laughs> i'm not sure Lucky why you yeah i'm not sure why you're trying to fix it other than the turn signals well i'll tell you what i'm a little bit hard of hearing and i'd like to have the turn signal clickers at least yeah yeah i yeah. hate to be one of those guys that yeah. drive around with their signal on so what led up to that is, is there anything that jump starting a no, car just, uh, just one day it quit one day it kind of it was intermittent, kind of staticky, not staticky, but just intermittent, and then it went away completely later on on that trip. So just uh, for the last couple of months, it's just been dead. No interior interior sounds whatsoever. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Still have a radio. Radio works. I got wow. speakers, you know, so the speakers work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I guess we got to start with the basics, and the basics would be to check the fuses. Um, anything usually on the interior is going to be underneath the dash. Of some sort. Um, do, do the do the hazards work at all? Yes. The hazards work, but the turn signals don't. Yeah, no, the turn signals work. It's the clicker. The clicker oh, the clicker. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. I Isn't it just one noise track. maker in 2006? Uh, I think it was just maybe one noise maker, yeah, because GM and, and later models uh, kind of all went through the PCM after that. So it kind of going through the computer, and that's mm -hmm. what you kind of generated at. Um. Yeah, I, I guess what you're probably going to, you might just have a, a turn signal switch and some of those other things or turn signal flasher that's kind of causing that problem. And that would tie into the seatbelt warning signal and the um, it uh, could. door lock, door lock bells. Yeah, and that's what, that's, you know, that's fairly old vehicle now, but a, lo a lot of that GM stuff went through the computer. So you could have had something go bad inside the computer itself. Okay. Yeah, it's not, uh. I guess it's not, you know, it's not affecting performance whatsoever. No, We're just kind no. of irritating sometimes. Well, like my vehicle, when I have turn signals on, it, it all is generated through the computer, and, and it's a kind of an audible noise that comes through there because there is no turn signal flasher or that chime and beep and all that comes straight through that. So, yeah, I'd probably have to do a little bit of investigation there to find out specifically. Right in that era is kind of when they change things. So it certainly could be coming through there. I'd, I'd check all the fuses to start with, do a little investigation, and kind of see if yeah. it does go through the PCM. All right, I'll give it a try. All right. All right, Mike. Good Sounds luck good. with that. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it is. And, and not everybody did that. 
And that was just no. kind of a GM thing. Ford didn't do that, and Chrysler didn't do that until much later. And everybody kind of, it's all electronic, so why not just push it through the computer and, and through the, the BCM, the body control module, and, and let it handle that way. So, Which was a, probably a better design anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, it fails a lot less. Mm-hmm. I've had, had two of those Chevy trucks that I've, uh, and all that stuff through there, and I've never had one iota problem with it. Was there an audio control on that through the radio? Hmm. You know, I don't know. Uh, it said the radio worked. You know, I don't know. I, it might even be something to check the owner's manual. With all those things being bad, of mm-hmm. course it could be. Mm-hmm. But that audio signal comes through, some of them come through the speakers. That you come through the speak. Yeah, exactly. It comes through the speakers and through the audio system. So, yeah, it was radio worked. You could have an amplifier bad. Cause that's or part just of a it. setting. Yeah. Well, yeah, just a setting. Somebody could have been in his car. You know, you know how that happens. Somebody gets in the car and turns the turns the station. First thing to, I do, <laughs> turn to the Spanish station so everybody can listen. Try to figure out what they're saying. That's how we learned it. <laughs> yeah, that's how we've learned. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're gonna head over to Janet. Janet's got a 2013 Kia. Janet, what's going on today? Hi. Um, <clears throat> thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a 2013 Kia Soul. And my problem is it's a great car, but my backup camera quit working. And I'm wondering if you can give me an idea about how much that would cost to get fixed and do I need to take it to a Kia dealer? Generally, uh, well, to answer your questions, I guess you're probably going to be in the 300-ish range right in that area. Um, Okay. Some of them vary up. Some of them vary down a little bit. But that's probably going to be the range that you're at. Most of those, uh, I mean, there's a possibility of having a problem in the dash with the with the the radio or the infotainment system, but most of the time it's it's the camera, uh, just because they are plastic and they get abused by the car wash and everything else in where the world. Where they're mounted and everything. Where they're mounted, Exposed you know, stuff. the salt that all gets back there. So that's to and it's, to answer your question as far as a Kia, no, you don't have to. Most places, uh, most you know, garages that have all the the equipment can install that and then reprogram it and make it so it works again. Some of these are just oh. some of these are just plug and play, which means you just uh-huh. take the old part out, put the new part in, and start it back up, clear the codes, and off it runs. And other ones take a little bit more to uh, to program. program and put it together. Wonderful! It's only got about fifty-seven thousand miles on it. Yeah, they're great little cars. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy it, but sometimes it's kind of a headache to see behind you real well. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And what did we do in the old days when we had to turn our head? I don't know. <laughs> or, or look in a mirror or something. <laughs> like we had to look that. in a mirror. We had to turn our head. We had to look in the rearview mirror. And it didn't seem like we yeah. we didn't back into any more stuff back then than well, we do now, no, do we? I don't know about that. <laughs> what, did we, what did we do in the old days when we had to remember phone numbers? Ah, uh, boy, you're right. Well, you know, back in the, we had also chrome bumpers, so you just hit it and go. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Give it a rub. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that now because banging <laughs> into what used to be the chrome bumper now costs you a thousand bucks to replace. So yeah, you got to be oh, careful. God. So yeah, we don't. We're probably getting better at backing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> yeah. tiny little screens. Thank so. you for your help. You bet, uh, Janet. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I have I have two of them. It, it, well, one in both of my cars, and I just never use it. I'm so the used backup to, camera. Yeah, I'm so used to looking over my shoulder 
to see what's there, I just I just can't get past it. I just it's have and it's a small screen, so you got to get your glasses on. You got to squint. Mm-hmm. By that time, I could looked over my shoulder and I could have been out driving down the road. I don't know. One of these days, it's going to get bigger. I noticed some of the new cars. I was in a new like a twenty twenty Silverado or, or GMC. That thing's huge. The screen. The screen. It's huge. Well, and that's the big selling point anymore. It's not the motor. Mm-hmm. How big your screen is. And the uh, new uh percent larger than last year's. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Got a 42-inch all the way up and yeah. down, kind of like a Tesla deal. No, this was in the rearview mirror. And it was right. kind of it was kind of con and it was very oh it was very vivid. I and mean, it was it you didn't need to look around. It was really nice, but I don't have that, so I'm gonna have to look over my shoulder. All right, we're going to take a quick break. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is numbers to get in. We're Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks at 49th Avenue and Dodge. We've got a full bank of calls, which I can really only attribute it to Mark. So we're going to head right back into the calls. <laughs> Joe, 2014 Lincoln MKS. Joe, what's going on? Hey, good morning. Uh, yeah, with my Lincoln, it uh, when the weather is really hot outside and the sun's coming in the cabin, uh, it turns itself with air conditioning all the way to high heat. And if you shut it off, it turns itself right back on up to high heat. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. So is, is that on? I take. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say I've taken it to the Lincoln dealership, uh, and they replaced three of the FCIM modules. Um, and you know, cost me about a thousand bucks, but, uh, they've replaced the second two under warranty, but that wasn't the problem. Uh, it only happens in the summertime in the wintertime. The heat works fine. doesn't change itself. Uh, now the dealership's thinking that maybe it's, it is, uh, something else. And the problem with that is that it's on back order for who knows how long, uh, I did get a hold of another one of those. I can't think of the name of the module. It'll come to me here in just a second. But uh, a dash control unit, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, they, they're they saying that's what it is. I replaced it, and I'm still having the same problem. So I, any ideas? Well, you know, we've, we, we I had a car like this just last week. We were talking about that a little bit. And, and we did have another Ford product that had uh, the HVAC control unit, and it would – it would start off cold and go to hot and, and be you'd shut the car off, come back and be a lot of goofy, weird things going on. Is this is this just strictly automatic or can you do it on the manual mode and still do this? I'm not sure I understand your question. Okay, is is it is when this happens, is this an automatic where you can just press auto and it goes back and forth between hot and cold or wherever the temperature's at on this car? It doesn't matter what I have it set at, uh, whether I hit max AC or just regular AC, and I can toggle up and down to whatever temperature I want, and it'll hold usually for you know however long. But it seems like if it's really bright and really hot in the car and outside, it will just on its own arbitrarily just start toggling up, and you can see it going from you know 65 all the way up one digit at a time, all the way up to 85 max heat. So they. Digital and you can you can shut the mod. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Almost seems like it's a, a temperature sensor that's getting overheated yeah. in the car, and it's it's moving up on its own. It's kind of what it sounds like. Or underheated. 
Yeah, or underheated. Yeah. If it's cold. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, that's kind of like an a, ambient air temperature sensor. It's kind of what it sounds like. That's that's really what it uh-huh. sounds like. Uh, you know, we had one just the other day on a, on a car that the air conditioning wouldn't work, and the ambient air temperature sensor was in the right-hand side mirror. On the outside of the car, it tells you it was hot or cold outside, and it, the mirror was broke off because it hit something, and uh, then it wouldn't work. Uh-huh. Once we got that ambient air temperature sensor back to where it needed to be, then everything seemed to work fine, but... That is kind of in. So it's got, I mean, that's only how it's going to work. It's going to read that temperature inside the car and it's going to have that that uh, instrument, uh, the HVAC control unit, do what Make it's supposed adjustments. to do. Yeah. The, the HVAC control unit is really kind of dumb. It doesn't know what to do unless it's told what to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that leads me back to uh, the. the uh, and, and where that sensor is. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you'll have it kind of in the dash there or underneath the dash, or sometimes they'll have it um, a little. Oh, little slits in the dash where the ambient air temperature right. is right. right behind it. Um, I did fix one the other day that I took a vacuum to because it was so so full of dust and debris and cotton. Oh, they're throwing the, the skewing the numbers. Yep, skewing the numbers. I just uh, put a vacuum up there and sucked it all out, and now you could actually see the sensor behind that. And after that, everything seemed to work fine. So that's that's kind of what I got. I mean, that's that'd be the the places to start and places to look at. Okay. Any, any suggestions on where I might take it? Because the dealership's not getting any. We're just poking and hoping, you know, doing Swaptronics. Yeah. Yeah. And there may be a fair amount of that if they can't logically see what's going on. Yeah. It, uh, the unfortunate thing about electronics is, is if it's not, is this broke when, when, they, when you take it in? Or is it just one of those things you know it is, but it doesn't always happen to them? Well, it, it started happening to them, you know, okay. and I, I've literally had a loaner car from them uh, for a month at a time, you know, yeah. as they're trying to figure things out. But mm-hmm. and and I don't disagree uh, with what they're what they're doing a little bit, but it's it's tough with the electronic side of it. You can when it comes and goes like that, it's difficult to fix. Uh, it only happens at a certain point. Yeah, and it only gets it only has a problem when it gets hot, and so you can't duplicate right. that most of the time. I you know right. I, by this fall it'll stop. Right, right. Which still leads me back to a, a temperature sensor of just some sort. Leads me straight back there, just because the temperature inside the car is not as hot. Therefore, it doesn't. It doesn't. Almost sounds like it's defaulting to warm. Yeah, yeah. Almost doesn't it? Yeah, you, I, that's where I probably I would probably stick with them a little bit longer, just because you've already got money invested in that, and you're just going to turn back around. Mm-hmm. They've got time invested in it and want to solve the problem for you. It's just sometimes it's not as easy. As it sounds, okay. um, but that's probably what I would do. But I, do some more research on that. Maybe Google a little bit now. Temperature sensors on that particular car—it's just not out of the ordinary problem. And out of the ordinary problem is take. An, I wonder where the temperature sensor is on that car. Yeah, that'd be the first thing that I would wonder whether it's in the EVAP or if it's actually uh, dash like in, a lot of them used to be. Yeah, like a lot of them used to be. Uh, they were in the dash, and you could actually see them. And it might be just underneath the dash. That'd be the first place I'd take a look. Okay. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. You bet. Not a problem. Good luck with that. All right. All right. We're we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show, get some commercials out, and be right back to answer some more quill. Okay. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. All right. Got a bunch of good calls. Uh, Got some interesting calls. Got some of those calls. He just takes time to sort through and figure out. 
eventually they'll get there. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, the more electronics, the where everything is a module, it just sometimes gets tough. But we've come a long way since OBD1, which was. Exactly. But, you know, in the, on the days of a relay, you had to have a couple. There was a couple constants. Yeah. Now you don't have that with uh, modules and relay. Uh, yep. The things we have now because they're all. Too many electronically controlled things. Everything was a power and a ground. Now it was two wires. Now it's six mm-hmm. or 14. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> every got to have auto up, auto down, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's cool until it breaks. All right. We're going to head over to George. He's got an 08 Buick LaCrosse. George, what's going on today? Good morning, gentlemen. Well, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but I'll get out there. It'll start the car up for an ignition on. I think it's uh, going, but it stopped. So I'll do it again, and uh, I'll just step on the accelerator gently and give us more gas. Is that a hamburger or something going wrong, or is it just dirty? Well, and any check engine lights, anything like that on? Nope. Nope. No check engine lights at all. And have you cleaned the throttle body at all? No. Okay. So on all cars um, that the air enters the engine, it's got a metered orifice leak there uh, right around the throttle body, and that has to be clean. Over a period of time, it just gets gummed up. And when it does, it slowly starts to lower that idle a little bit. So that's the first place that I'm starting. Um, if, I'm, if I'm there, I'm also going to clean the mass airflow sensor. they got they got mass airflow sensor cleaner that you want to clean that with so you don't ruin it. Um, check the boot that goes to there as far as we're from the air filter to the engine. Make sure that's yeah, I okay. I put a new air filter in. I put a new air filter in. Yeah, well, the air filter, but check the boot. There's there's, okay. a, there's an accordion boot that goes there. Those will get... Dryer in, vent hose. Yeah, yeah, like a dryer vent hose. They'll get cracks in the grooves, and as you you know start it up and the engine moves, it'll grab air where it shouldn't and cause it to die. Okay. Um, and the la- those are the first couple things that I'm doing. First off, you know, ma- uh, clean the mass airflow, clean the throttle body, and then see if your problem, you know, test it, you know, a couple of days and see if it comes back. Um, okay. Thanks. The idle air control, control valve is what causes the engine to kind of go higher in speed and lower in speed. I, gotcha. I, I don't know if I'm going to clean that yet. I'm going to take it in stages. That way I know what solved the problem next time around it happens. But try that. Very good. Thank you, Joe, appreciate the information. You bet. Have appreciate the call. Time. Yeah, they'll get dirty. Absolutely. Again, not as bad as it used to. No, not as bad as it used to, but uh, again and again, and it depends on what kind of roads you go down. And, and uh, some some are just absolutely, I'm surprised the, the throttle body's even open. They get so, so terrible in there. All right, we're going to go over to Joe. Joe's got a 2016 Silverado. Morning, Joe. Yep, What's thanks, going on? guys. You bet. Morning. Say uh, my uh, dashboard says it's a left rear turn signal failure, so I have uh, LED taillights, and um, <clears throat> the taillights still work. They, they blink really fast when I, when I uh, hit the left turn signal, um, but they still work. And so I called the dealer, and they said it might be a ground, a ground short somewhere. Um, uh, any ideas there with that left rear turn signal? So, so these are factory LEDs, correct? Yeah, they're factory LEDs. Yeah, yeah. I would, 
I would agree with exactly what they're saying. You've got some sort of bad connection in that particular taillight um, in the printed circuit board that has all the LEDs on it. Uh, and I, I imagine the other side is just is, is correct, isn't it? Yeah, no problems on the other side. Have you taken the right side out and put in the left side to see if it for, uh, for testing purposes? No, I only? haven't. Okay, try. I don't no, mean I, I don't mean turn it upside down and stick it in. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm doing if this is my truck is I'm taking the left one out and I'm just setting it down and I'm grabbing the right one out and uh, plug if, it in and see it, what happens. Yeah, plug it in, see what happens. See if the, I'm sure the connectors are going to be the same, and if everything comes back to normal. Then you know you got yeah you know you've just figured out your problem that you've got a, uh, a short and a ground on the uh, the tail light and you need a five hundred dollar tail light I'd imagine I don't know what those cost but I'm sure they're I'm not cheap. Where can I buy it for five hundred? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're more than yeah, that. Yeah, I can't buy it for five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to go. Yeah, there's find it at a yard or something. Yeah, so, midnight. All right, yeah, supply. that's a good idea. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll switch them out and see if they work, and then see what happens. Yep. Yeah. See if it takes care of your problem. And the next thing that I would do, um, or even first before I would do that, is I would go down and look at your uh, seven-pin connector on your trailer. I don't know if you tow a trailer or not or anything. Go down and see if anything down there is corroded. I find a lot of problems okay. in the, on the seven-pin connectors, and they'll have a con- corroded pin, which will cause a bad connection, which will cause all sorts of other goofy problems to happen. Can't you just take those out? Okay, good yeah. idea. You, you can unplug that seven-pin. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of go up right above the spare tire. And there is a, a plug that you can pull out, kind of eliminates that out of there. So takes that out okay. of the circuit. All right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, All right. Joe. Appreciate the call. Good. Yeah. I like to, yeah. <laughs> you can't even find one for five hundred dollars. <laughs> I was guessing. I didn't know what it was. I do know that some of those back there on Did certain vehicles. Uh, yeah, it just takes a while to get into it. You know, the LEDs, it just, it, they're a little bit there in the aftermarket, but just not a lot, you know. Um, you just have to go find a used one if that turns out to be what it is. But some of those and uh, are $1,000. Like on some oh, of the uh, Cadillacs, mm-hmm. some of the uh, the front headlights assemblies can be, you know, $1,200, $1,500 for a headlight. My gosh. All right, we're going to head over to John. John's got a engine replacement question. John, what's going on? Yes, sir. I got a 3.8 supercharged Buick motor. 1997 Pontiac Grand Prix came out of. I'm installing the cam bearings. Cam bearings got two holes in the cam bearings. Uh, there's a elongated groove shaped like a moon in the side of the bore on the engine block where the cam bearings go. Now, where do the hole, one of the holes go at for the cam bearings so I don't lose oil pressure in the rest of the engine? Well, those have to line up. I mean, you've got, how many holes you got in the bearing? One? I got two two holes in the bearing, a 316th in diameter, but they're not going to both line up in that in no. that groove in the block. No, and you only got one hole in the block. I ain't got a hole in the block. I got a groove in it, sir. Groove, okay, all right, all right. It's not as a shape. It's got points on each end of the groove. It's got a point on each end of the groove. Oh, gosh. I don't remember which side it was. Uh, and Did you already pull them out? Uh, a long time ago, sir. I can't remember how to get them back in. I'm an old guy. <laughs> well, that that's you're going to need to. 
Uh, obviously, there's going to be the smaller one or the bigger one, but you're going to – I I don't remember right off the top of my head which one it is. Uh, you're going to have to do a little investigation, maybe even call a machine shop to ask that question. I would say you're going to want the, probably the bigger of the uh, of the one in the bearing to, to be in that slot. That, that's that's going to be my educated guess there. I, it's been a long time since I had one of those apart. But typically what Whoa. we do is I'll write that stuff down. Especially you know, on the way out, yeah. on the way out, on, on the way out. And I know you didn't um, yeah. I'll also take some pictures on the way out, but usually I'll write that down because if I don't, I'll forget it too after months or periods of time. So I guess the answer is I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'd say it's the bigger hole of the, of the cam bearing. Machine shop would probably yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah. Engine rebuilder. Yeah. Engine rebuilder. There's some local machine shops around that could certainly answer that question for you because they do that day in and day out. And then they'll say, yeah, it's this one. So. Yeah, I called GA Performance down in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. They rebuilt NASCAR uh, V6s, mm-hmm. and um, you know, these motors are putting out thousands of horsepower. And um, I asked them, they said they don't mess with that kind of junk. Yeah, no, no, no. Call, call a local guy. I'm sure they'll be able to, to handle it for you or get you in the right direction. maybe even take it over there. Let, let them install them. Those aren't the funnest thing to do to get exactly where they need to be. Well, I got the tools to do it. I just have to have the, the knowledge to do it with. Right. You know, I know how to get the bearings in and out. I yeah. just don't know where to set that hole at, man. I bet you if you now look let on... Me, let, me pass, let me pass something real, about you real quick, Like I know you guys I, are coming to the end of the show. Yeah, I'm coming to the end of the show. It's going to be cut off here in just a minute. So, all right. Well, I appreciate, appreciate all the callers that called in today. 558-1110 is numbers to get in next week. Mark, I appreciate you coming in and helping out. No problem. I'm Bob. Mark's next to me, and I appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.